ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus. Believe it or not, tonight represents 500 Wednesday nights of the preaching on a series titled Praying Through the Bible. This is message number 500. This represents Wednesday night, uh, number 500. 500 Wednesday nights of preaching on prayer. Most Christians call Wednesday night prayer meeting. And at one, one time it was that. Then some started calling it Bible study. Uh, and so it's about half and half now. But the Lord spoke to my heart some years ago that Wednesday night should be a prayer meeting along with the reading of the Bible, preaching of the Bible, teaching of the Bible. And <clears throat> I believe one of the most important things uh, in the Christian life is your prayer life. And I emphasize it because I learned from preaching in churches across the country and around the globe, black churches, white churches, mixed churches, uh, Asian churches, European churches, churches even in Africa, that most pastors do not pray based upon their own confession. I said most. And uh, if the pastor is not praying, his wife is not praying, his children are not praying, and the church is not praying as they should. We thank God for the faithful few. We thank God for God's 7,000. We thank God for his remnant church that pray without ceasing. And if it were not for them, we would be in worse shape. And so this is why God put me on this journey, praying through the Bible. And so, we're not through yet. I'm just announcing that this is night number 500. And uh, uh, we have a little ways to go, but not much more. Uh, my son, Daniel White IV, when uh, we started out doing this, he helped with the sermons, and uh, we even put together the Prime Motivator Bible, which is on Amazon.com. I don't say anything much about it. 
maybe I should uh, 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 we counted over 500 different verses dealing with prayer we included that in the prayer motivator devotional Bible we do not feel that the prayer motivator devotional prayer motivator devotional Bible is not complete we have a whole lot more to add to it and uh, uh, I intend to do that. I didn't think I would be the one to finish this series. And we have a whole lot in the series that needs to be put in the Bible. So that people can get that devotional Bible and get everything that we have dealt with in the Bible regarding prayer. And we give God the glory, the praise, and the honor for allowing us to see Wednesday night number 500. And uh, how fitting it is that this is the night. Um, for during that time, God led me to predict, uh, sadly, the, dis the loving, merciful, slow rolling uh, dismantling and destruction of America and uh, you're seeing that happen before your face and uh, America's headed towards the abyss and God can revive the church but the church is not willing to be revived and just like a pastor told me wow He asked me to come and preach in his church in Europe. And when he picked me up, while we were driving back to the church and to his house, he told me in the car that I don't know. He said this. He said, Brother White, I don't know if I even want revival. He is... An honest man, I believe he's still living. He is one of those honest pastors, transparent. For most pastors would never say that, most preachers would never say that, most Christians would not say that, but they know their hearts do not desire revival. Now he invited me over there for a so-called revival meeting. And he also said, I don't believe the people in the church are ready for a revival. And he said, I, Preacher, to be honest, I don't know if I'm ready for a revival. And evidently they were not because the first night that I was there and I preached twice on that day, uh, I was awakened at night by the pastor. He wanted me to go to a hotel with one of his leading men. Uh, his wife was in the church with another man in the church. Uh, his wife was with another man in a hotel room. Uh, this is the first night of the revival. 
and she was the wife of one of his leading men. And uh, it is a miracle that nobody got killed that night. <clears throat> the pastor and I had to go get, break up the liaison, the uh, rendezvous. And the pastor even went into the hotel room. And I stayed out. And, um, and uh, it's probably 2 o'clock in the morning. I was jet lagged, having flown from America, and uh, and I had to calm down the woman's husband and watch him, unless he go berserk there, and uh, and so I said to myself, self, and I I knew this couple. I, I, had, I had preached in the church before. And I, I basically, you know, just asked them, have you all lost your minds, basically. I asked the woman that, and the man that, what, what in the world? You say, preacher, did the revival go on? Yes, it did. The revival meeting went on. But, you know, I did what God called me to do. But that's what he told me. And I can say that for the so-called evangelical, Bible-believing, Baptist, Presbyterian, Methodist, Charismatic Church. Not only are they, as I've said at the beginning of the plague, they're not in a mood to repent. They're not in a, a mood to even receive a revival. And I would venture to say that uh, uh, revival is not coming. <clears throat> and the night after the Republicans, the political people, including the evangelicals, white and black, just received a shellacking for fooling around in politics in the first place, putting their hope in politics in the first place, or to let them know uh, that ship has sailed and has sunk. Your political days should be over and your praying days should begin again. Church, don't put your trust in a politician or politicians again. Leave it alone. Go back to your first love, the Lord Jesus Christ. You need to humble yourselves, pray, seek God's face, turn from your wicked ways, get back to your first love, the Lord Jesus Christ, and stay with Him. You want to pass out pamphlets? Pass out some gospel tracts. You want to talk for uh, a leader, talk for the leader, Jesus Christ. You want to speak in front of people for a politician, speak instead for the Lord Jesus Christ and shut your mouth otherwise. White folks and black folks in America who claim to be evangelicals and or Christians. 
For you have failed, your politicians have failed every time. God gave you an opportunity some years ago, some six or seven years ago, and you got all caught up in the man and became a sycophantic pastor, sucking up the people and not saying what you should say as a prophet. And now look at you. All hope is gone. But yet, you know, some of you right now planning on shifting over to DeSantis. And I think he is a great politician. But he is a politician. And he cannot turn this country around. Stop putting your hope in politicians. May I say as lovingly as I can, to hell with that. Cast all of that back into hell and do what Dr. Tony Evans has told you. Be a referee. Call balls and strikes. Call fouls. Call roughing the passer. You do that. According to the word of God, the rule book. And don't say another word about a politician. Don't give your uh, voice for a politician. Don't mention a politician's name. Don't take a picture with a politician. Don't dance with a politician. Uh, Don't let a politician speak in the church ever again. Learn your lesson. Because all of you, including so-called evangelicals, including so-called, which by the way should be, they're supposed to be Christians, but they may be a political party more than Christians. And you Christians who have followed them, the blind leading the blind, white, black, red, and yellow, You get more excited about an election, and you know it's true, than you do about the second coming of Christ. You have no fear of God before your eyes. You've committed so many sins, and you're living in so much sin, committing adultery while you pastor church, because you got another man's wife. Without any grounds, you've left your wife behind, and left her to commit adultery because neither one of you have grounds. And uh, you're shacking up. You're swinging out your wife and swinging out your husband to homosexuals. You have homosexuals in the pulpit, in the pew, in the church, as members of the church. You need to deal with all of that before God hears your prayer. And stop being a sycophant for politicians, used by politicians. Now, your politician politician may have won or lost. You got egg on your face, either way. And they will never talk with you again for the next two years four years or six years, depending on what they're running for. 
shame on you for forsaking God, forsaking Jesus Christ, for lying politicians. I would encourage you to get back to prayer. Get back to the Word of God. Thank you, Daniel Ezekiel. It's good to see you. And uh, pray without ceasing. And we'll, we'll just keep it right here, Daniel Ezekiel. We'll continue to use the computer camera. Thank you. Well, we can change it tomorrow, though. And so, my beloved, by the grace of God, allow me to preach in your hearing message number 500 in the series, Praying Through the Bible. Tonight I am still preaching on the prayer that God will refuse to answer for every child of God. Part 10. Part 10. Say it again. Part what? 9. Part 10. Part 10. Please stand for the reading of God's holy word as we turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 7 through 10. Divinely inspired by the Holy Ghost of God, you know this book was written by God. The Apostle Paul said words that we have never heard before or since, so you know it comes from God. This is, a, this is what you call revelation, a totally different concept than that what was heard before and has not been heard since other than from God, the Holy Spirit, and the Apostle Paul. What? Take pleasure in tribulations? Take pleasure in trouble? Take pleasure in your persecutions that even come from your family and from other people and neighbors? Take pleasure in uh, trials, troubles, health reversals, financial reversals. What are you talking about, Paul? Only God gave him that. And the Holy Spirit will put it in your heart even before you understand it in the Word. I cannot explain that to you, but the Holy, if you're born again, I assure you, you have taken pleasure in some of your infirmities, some of your difficult situations. You didn't know how, you didn't know why, but somehow God fixed your heart to take pleasure in your persecutions to take pleasure in people fighting against you and calling you everything but a child of God and tribulations and health problems and strange car problems. You sit there in that car, I guarantee you if you're saved and born again and the Holy Spirit gave you a prayer that said something like this, that went something like this. 
Holy Father God, I thank you for the hundreds of days that this car never broke down and got me to where I wanted to go. Can somebody say amen? Verse 7, And lest I should be exalted above measure. It is designed to keep you humble. Yes, your marriage problems, problems with your children, young and old, uh, teenagers and adults, problems with family members extended who are full of hell and the devil, uh, strange uh, problems and issues with Negroes that you have not heard from in years. All of a sudden they come up and want to try to use your own children to cause you some problems when you didn't have problems or any help from them in the past. Uh, trials, tribulations, troubles, pain. Uh, I'll tell you right now, I'm a big old man, but I can't stand pain. You better find me some morphine or something, but I, I can understand the pain. I can... I can, I can take pleasure in the pain. You know how? Because I'm going to say again in prayer to God, thank you, God, I haven't had this kind of pain in a long time. Thank you, Lord, for the thousands of days. I have never had pain like this. I remember a long time ago, I don't know what it was to this day, but I had some pain. And there's some pain that'll make a grown man cry. <laughs> On the inside pain. Well, you don't know what it is. And the doctor act like he does not know what it is. They're just trying to find a painkiller that won't get you so knocked out you won't wake up. I do recall saying that's not working, uh, doctor, physician of no value, that's not working. Whatever you gave me is not working. Give me something else. And then he upped it to something else, and I said, that's not killing it. And then I think he finally gave me some morphine. I said, okay, now everything's all right. And then that's, I didn't even finish my sentence. I was gone. I don't want pain like that anymore. But you can find pleasure in it, and you can come out of it saying, thank you, Lord. And give God the glory, the praise, and honor and thank the Lord for the pain, particularly if it will keep you humble and keep you from sinning against the Lord. Can you look at me real good and say amen right where you are? And lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations. The abundance of revelations. Has God given you revelations? Knowledge and understanding, insight and wisdom. There was given to me a thorn in the flesh the messenger of Satan, to buffet me. That word buffet, to bring it, bring it down to the hood level, is to mess with you. Just always something. Do you have a Negro in your life, be they white or black, red or yellow? The devil uses them to buffet you, to, to constantly be a pain, as my dad and mom used to say, a pain in the neck. A pain in the butt. They were always raising Cain or hell. I'm just telling you what my mom and dad used to say in Brooklyn, New York. Lest I should be exalted above measure. 
become proud. Paul had several ways to uh, deal with pride in the New Testament. He called it uh, 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 this right here. And he had another word for it. Above measure, exalted above measure, that means being proud and arrogant. The other one was puffed up, to become puffed up, full of hot air is what we would say today. Because you think you are somebody. Because God gave you some wisdom, some knowledge and understanding. Always give the glory back to God. Just like the football players and the basketball players always point back to God for the talent that he gave them. You better do it too, Christian. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice, three times, that it might depart from me. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities. Not only did he take pleasure in these things, but he took he he, glor, he he gloried in them. He praised God for them. See, that's 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 when you know you're born again and you're saved. That the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure, I take pleasure, Paul said, in infirmities. Rejoice in it. Be happy about it. That you are worthy to be persecuted by the devil and his cohorts and even some family members. You're really doing something for God when your family members turn into Judases against you. When your wife is your biggest Judas, you're, you're doing something for God. When you're having constant uh, troubles, contrary to what the sweet charismatics and the sweet evangelicals have taught down through the years, that if you're having any kind of trouble in your family, husband, father, is your fault. Pastor is your fault. Bishop is your fault. You're not doing something right. You're not buying enough flowers. You're not buying enough candy to make your wife happy. Your children happy. You're not letting them have the credit card. You're not letting them spend a whole lot of money. Go to the mall all the time. and Be witches and warlocks in your house. You're doing something wrong, preacher, if you have reproaches and you have persecution and you have Judases in your uh, family and in your uh, relationship to your spouse. You don't have faith in God, preacher, men and women, because you're sick. Evidently, you didn't have enough faith in God. 
You're not doing right. You're not following our evangelical and charismatic prescriptions, but just wait a minute. Look what, has, look what the evangelical prescription and the charismatic and the Baptist uh, prescription has done to the church in America. You didn't get the message last night, sweet evangelicals and sweet charismatics, that the power is not in politics, and you're standing up with a politician, and you're sucking up to a politician. The only thing you're concerned about is power, trying to be seen as a person who is important. Don't bow your head. It is not time to pray. You're making sure that you get an invitation to the White House so that you can impress your wife and your church. The devil is a lie. Now the politicians, including Obama, Trump, and uh, other politicians, they don't have anything to do with you now. They have used you up to do what they wanted to do. And you know where they are? They're not having you over for dinner. They're out on a boat with their friends. They use you to do the evil that they wanted to do. And you have not learned yet. Leaving you with nothing but shame. That you forsook the Lord for the world. Like Demas. In reproaches. In necessities. In persecutions. You will be persecuted. If you serve God right. You're not going to fit in with that crowd in the first place unless you compromise yourself down to the ground and become a sycophantic punk. Grinning and shuffling white and black. Yes, I'm master politician over you. And you're the pastor. You're supposed to be a prophet to the president and tell him what you want him to do as God has told you. And you say, well, preacher, what are we going to do if we lose that influence because uh, he doesn't want to hear it? You walk. That's what you do. You walk with the thousands of people that you represent. And you tell them publicly, do not vote for this man, do not support this man, but pray for him. That's what you do. Because he only called you up because he looked on Facebook and he looked on Twitter and his people and he told his people to get that man. He has a million followers. That means a million uh, Christian evangelical voters I can hoodwink. In distresses even. You ought to rejoice in them, glory in them. Uh, you ought to take pleasure in them for Christ's sake, if you're doing what you're doing for Christ. For when I am weak, then am I strong. How many of you know this to be true? How many of you know this to be true? Are you born again? Are you saved? Do you know Jesus Christ? 
as your Savior? Have you been washed in the blood of the Lamb? Have you done what Jesus Christ told you to do? For he said the most loving, the most magnificent, and the most wonderful words in the history of the world. Jesus Christ said, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Believe, my dear friend, in the Lord Jesus Christ, and you, thou, you shall be saved. Have you done that yet? If you were to die tonight, where would you go? Heaven or hell? If you don't know the answer sincerely to that question, you need to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. And here is the gospel according to the Holy Scriptures. Jesus Christ was born of a virgin. That means without the help of a man. He was born of a virgin. He was virgin born. Without the seed, the sperm of a man. Therefore he was perfect. He is perfect. He is holy. Jesus Christ never sinned in word, thought, or deed. Like us, we have sinned in word, thought, and deed, haven't we? He never did anything wrong. He never did anything evil. He is perfect. He is the Lamb of God. John the Baptist called him, if you will, the perfect innocent, sacrificial Lamb of God, Passover Lamb of God of all time for everybody. Red, yellow, black, or white. We're all precious in God's sight. He walked on the water because he made the water. He is God in the flesh. The other name for Jesus Christ is simply Emmanuel, God with us. He healed the sick. He fed thousands who were hungry by his miracle working power. In a storm he told the wind to be quiet and the sea to sit down and the wind obeyed him. The sea obeyed him. He healed the sick, he healed the blind, he healed the deaf and the dumb by his word. Just like he created the world by his word. Yes, this world, this wonderful ball called earth, 
and just remember, you've seen the pictures. From the moon that is hanging on nothing, the earth is hanging on nothing but the word of God. You call it gravity. We call it the word of God. He spoke it into existence and told it to spin until I tell you to stop. God created it, he started it, and God will finish it. Jesus Christ raised the dead. He broke up funerals because he raised people from the dead. No more funeral today. One time, a dear brother died by the name of Lazarus. Jesus took his time, chose to take his time to get there. He was already dead and buried in the tomb. And Jesus Christ went to the tomb and said with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. Somebody said he had to specify Lazarus, otherwise everybody in the grave would have come forth. By the way, the day he died, Jesus Christ, when he chose to suffer, bleed and die on the cross for our sins, the Bible talks about how that the dead were raised. The temple curtain was rent in half, which emphasized that we are all welcome to come to God through him. Jesus Christ suffered, bled, and died on the cross for your sins, was buried, and rose from the dead by the power of Almighty God. And dear friend, all you have to do is believe in Him, trust in Him, have faith in Him. And He will save your wretched, sinful soul, for we are all wretched evil, depraved, and sinful. For the Bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. No matter how educated you are, no matter how smart you are, no matter how much money you have, we're all undone sinners. The Bible also says the wages or the payment for our sins is death. You want to know why you're going to die? You want to know why people die every day around you? And just like they died, you're going to die. Most of them didn't know they were going to die, and you don't know when you're going to die, so you might as well get ready. Get your eternal life insurance policy. You got insurance for everything else. Get your eternal life insurance policy squared away. That was signed and delivered in the precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. You don't have to pay a premium. You don't have to pay a dime. You don't have to do anything other than believe in Jesus Christ and call on his name. You can't work for it because you don't have enough time. You can't buy it. You can't pay for it because you don't have enough money. So, dear friend, believe. Simply believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says salvation is a free gift. When you're presented with a free gift, you take it and you say thank you. And that's all you have to do tonight, dear friend, to be saved from hell and saved to heaven.
and hell is a very real place, your unbelief about hell will not change the fact of hell. Jesus Christ preached more about hell than he did about heaven. Jesus Christ preached more about hell than all of the prophets and all of the apostles combined, and way more times than most preachers living today. Why? Because he loves you, not because he hates you. He wants you to believe in him so that you can be saved from that awful place, but he wants me to inform you that if you don't believe in him, you're going to that awful, dark, fiery place called hell. And you will miss out on the divine reset and going to heaven. So believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Receive him into your heart. Call upon his name. I'll help you with the calling and the praying. I can't help you with what you do in your heart. So follow me in the sinner's prayer. Repeat after me phrase by phrase and mean it from your heart. Holy Father God, I admit that I am a sinner and that I have done evil in your sight. Repeatedly. For Jesus Christ's sake, please have mercy and grace upon my soul. Please forgive me of my sins. As I now believe with all of my heart in your Holy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, who suffered, bled, and died on the cross for my sins, was buried, and rose on the third day by your power. Lord Jesus Christ, please come into my heart and into my spirit and save my wretched soul. Please fill me with your Holy Spirit. Help me to change. Help me to repent of my sins. Help me to turn from my evil ways and evil lifestyle. And follow you, Lord Jesus Christ, in the new uh, born-again life. In Jesus Christ's name I pray and for his sake. Amen. Now, dear friend of mine, if you believed in the Lord Jesus Christ just now in your heart and in your spirit, in your soul, and you received Jesus Christ as your Savior, and you call upon his name to save your soul, then, dear friend, may I say to you congratulations for doing the most important thing in life, and that is simply believing in the Lord Jesus Christ, who suffered, bled, and died on the cross for your sins, was buried, and rose on the third day by God's power. It is the most amazing, most beautiful, most loving, 
and most important story in the history of the world. And now you are part of it. To help you to grow in your newfound faith in Christ, I want you to read a book free of charge titled, What to Do After You Enter Through the Door. Go to gospellightsociety.com right now and download your new free book, What to Do After You Enter Through the Door. Jesus Christ said, I am the door, and you just entered in by believing in him. This little book will give you the next steps you ought to take to become a strong, godly, Christian disciple for the Lord. Also, email us and let us know that you got saved either uh, on whatever platform you have, uh, whatever platform you're on, for we're on multiple platforms tonight as usual, and uh, or you can email me directly at dw3 at gospellightsociety.com. Let us know that you got saved so that we can begin to pray for you. If you have a specific prayer request, uh, 